I'm glad that I know who Jesus is. How many glad that you know who Jesus is? Amen. 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 I believe that when the spirit of truth, amen, comes to you, amen, that you will receive revelation. Amen. When you receive the Holy Ghost, amen, when you receive the revelation of the oneness of God, the mighty God in Christ, amen, the, the revelatory power of God, amen, is falling down in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. A young person, it's important, hallelujah, to have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 4, read verses 10 through 12. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before, stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set and not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Amen. Amen. And if you turn to John, amen, chapter 10, praise God, we will read verse 9. I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Why don't we go to the Lord right now in prayer and ask Him to help us. Oh, God, open our understanding. God, put ears on our mind and in our heart, oh God, that we may receive Your Word. Oh, God, I thank You for Your power, oh God, of the Holy Ghost. God, we need Your anointing, oh God, to touch us again. Touch this people, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. The question has been asked many times, why? Is it necessary to have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is? Amen. Turning your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah. We know that Jesus Christ, amen, is the Father. We know that Jesus Christ is the Son. And we know that Jesus Christ is the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
But why, amen, does this world, why are they confused and blinded? Amen. It's because of tradition. It's because of, of what man says. We are going to be judged by the Word of God. The Word of God is going to judge us ultimately in the end. It will be our judgment. Amen. It will be our, our words that we have been, we've had preached to us. Amen. These words are, amen, eternal life. Jesus Christ said to search the scriptures. Amen. You're not going to find revelation by playing basketball and volleyball, but you're going to get revelation by prayer. Amen. And searching the scriptures. Amen. And searching for Jesus Christ and seeking after him with all of your heart. Amen. Reaching after Jesus with everything that's within inside of you. Amen. Jesus Christ says, unless you become as a little child, amen, you've got to have understanding like a little child. Amen. You have got to accept him as he is. You've got to accept Jesus Christ for who he is and what he is. Amen. And what he will be to you. We need to get understanding. Amen. As a little child, you look at a little baby. Amen. And they know who mama and who daddy is. Amen. And they believe that mama and daddy is going to provide. They believe that mama and daddy is going to be there whenever they need him. And that's the way we need to look at Jesus Christ. Not at just some big God sitting on a throne somewhere. But as our everything to us, we need to look at Jesus as our all in all. Amen. Amen. Brother Elder preached it Sunday night. Amen. And I'm not here to re-preach what Brother Elder preached, but Amen. This whole last past week, eh, oh, God has been working on me about who he is. Last Wednesday night at the prison, amen, the prisoners asked me, they said, we have trouble with people asking us, well, who was the father then? Amen. Who was Jesus praying to in the garden? Oh, how is it that Jesus can talk about the father and in the same breath talk about himself? Amen. And you know what? If you don't have a revelation of who Jesus is, it can be confusing. Amen. Jesus Christ had two natures. He was all man and he was all God all at the same time. You and I aren't like that. We don't have two natures. We're human. Amen. We have an eternal soul, but we are not an eternal being. Amen. We are not divine like Jesus Christ was. Jesus Christ was a divine God, but he was also a man all at the same time. And when he was in the garden 
praying, his flesh was crying out to God, who is all over the world, all the time, all at once. God is right here in this house. God is on the other side of the world. He's in the dark. He's in the light. He's everywhere, all at once. And that's why the flesh was crying out to God, because he did not want to die. He was a man just like you and I. John chapter 4 verse 24 says God is a spirit. Therefore God cannot die. God did not die on the cross. It was the flesh that died on the cross of Calvary. Oh, it was the cross. It was the flesh that died. It was the flesh that was crying out to the spirit. My God or my spirit, why hast thou forsaken me? It was the spirit that left the body. It was a mighty God that dwelt inside of Jesus Christ. Amen. That departed when the flesh died. But Jesus Christ told him, he said after three days, he said I'll raise this whole body up. I'll raise this whole temple up. Why was that? It was because he was God. And he wanted to show them that it wasn't in a body. It wasn't in a man. But it was in Jesus Jesus Christ, the mighty God in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why he said, it is finished. Why was it finished? Was because the sacrifice in the Old Testament, the priest would say, it is finished. When the sacrifice was consumed and when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. And when he said it's finished, that spirit, that God that lived inside of him, it departed out of the flesh. Oh, it's not about three. It's about one. Oh, there is just one God. There was the God in the Old Testament, Jehovah. And in the New Testament, he became our Savior. Oh, he was that child. He was that son. He was that counselor. He is that mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And it is in the name of Jesus Christ. At that name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Amen. Every tongue's going to confess to things in heaven, to things in earth, and the things beneath the earth. Amen. And to, uh, to the glory. Amen. Every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Something, amen, that came to me tonight as I was reading and studying and looking at this. Uh, the New Testament was written in the Greek. And uh, Paul, when he was struck down on the Damascus Road, uh, he cried out, Amen, Lord, Lord, who art thou? And that Lord, Lord 
translated is Jehovah. Jehovah, who art thou? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And every knee is going to bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Jehovah. You're going to know one thing in that day. You're going to confess that Jesus Christ is one God. Oh yeah, this world tries to split them up. And I came across something else last Wednesday night, and it's ate on me ever since. Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, if Jesus Christ was in the beginning and he was God... But if he was the second person, uh, why would he have to go to prepare a place? Uh, I'm here to tell you tonight uh, that Jesus Christ was God uh, in the beginning. Uh, He wasn't there as the second person. Uh, He was the Word. uh, And the Word became flesh uh, and dwelt among us. uh, And we beheld his glory. uh, Whose glory do we behold? Uh, We beheld the glory uh, of Almighty God. uh, in flesh no man has seen God at any time you can't see God but we beheld his glory Isaiah 53 says to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed and I felt like shouting Sunday night when Brother Elder was preaching about the right hand of God everyone hold up your right hand amen it says to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed turn to Isaiah chapter 53 I can't quote it all word for word anymore. Amen. We learned in school, I I can quote it, but I want to quote it. I want to read it so I read it exactly right. Amen. It says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He, he had no form nor comeliness. And when we, be, when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrow. 
yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. You, When you see Jesus Christ on the cross, you are seeing the arm of the Lord being revealed unto man. When you see the cross of Jesus Christ, you are seeing the power of God. The right hand simply means divine power. And when God robed himself in flesh, he was revealing his divine power. He was revealing his divine purpose, his divine nature. Oh, young people, get a hold of who the power is. Get a hold of who God is. It's the power. It's the power of God. How's it revealed to you and I as Gentiles? It's in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's in the mighty power that is being poured out in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit. I'm revealing my arm. I'm revealing my power in the power of the Holy Ghost. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall see visions. And your young men shall dream dreams. That's the power. That is the power. Oh, it's the arm of the Lord being revealed from faith to faith. It's being revealed unto those who search it and dig it out of your this word. Amen. Amen. And Jesus, he said, I am the door. And if any man come up any other way, he is a thief and a robber. You're only going to get in one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. Oh, there's only salvation one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. It's not going to be through a plurality of God. It's not going to be through the second person. It's not going to be through Buddha. It's not going to be through Muhammad. It's not going to be through any of those. It's going to be through Jesus Christ. You know what? I get excited about the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That name, amen, is above every name. Oh, I said that name is above every name. He didn't think it robbery to be equal with God. Why didn't he think it robbery? It was because he was God. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 10, chapter 10, it said, But he that enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Said to him, The porter openeth, the sheep heareth his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth them forth, when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow. 
but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. Young person, you need to get your ear tuned to the man of God. You need to get your ear tuned to the shepherd of the sheep. Oh, you need to let the, the voice of the shepherd be the main thing in your ears so that you know what the right and true way is. Amen. Because I go on to read in verse 8, it said, All, verse 7 said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that I, Jesus speaking, in the door of the sheep. And here is the awesome thing, is that the shepherd in the Old Testament, and yet today, when the door of the sheepfold was shut, it was because that the shepherd was lying in the doorway. He was the door. Amen. He is the one that stood against all of the scary nighttime things that would come in, coyotes and wolves and bears. Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? Is that Jesus Christ stands between you and the world. His power stands between you and the world. And he keeps you because he is your shepherd. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why don't you fear evil? It's because you've got a shepherd, young person. It's because you've got a God in your life whom you know personally uh, that is Jesus Christ uh, your shepherd amen he's the great shepherd amen he is the one who has saved us Jesus said I am the door and by me if any man enter in he shall be saved if you come in through Jesus Christ, you're going to be saved. Amen. If you come in through Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Why is that? Because in Jesus Christ, there is salvation. Amen. Amen. Turn to John chapter 14. Amen. And I want to read here to you. There was still the disciples and apostles that walked with him that were still confused, just as many are today. And they had not re received that revelation of who Jesus Christ was. Peter knew who Jesus was. Amen. I believe that Peter had a revelation of who Jesus Christ was before he asked that question. Whom say ye that I am? Yes, sir. Verse 14, we already read, I go to prepare a place for you. But verse 6 said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Here we go with this Father again. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Amen. We just have one Father. Amen. But Jesus Christ 
was talking about the Father there. Verse 7, it says, If ye had known me, you should have known my Father also. And this last half of the verse is very eye-opening. It says, And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. Now, just a minute. No man has seen God at any time. So how can you see the Father? Verse 8 says, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. When you look at Jesus Christ, you're looking at God, robed in flesh. No, you cannot see God in his glory, but we beheld the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Amen. When Jesus Christ was walking on this earth, what men did not realize what it, that it was God walking around. It was God robed in a human body. Oh yeah, it was his plan from the beginning. When he said that you're going to bruise your heel on Satan's head. How was that? It was the very first prophetic utterance of the coming Messiah. That she was going to bring forth a child. And that through her, Jesus Christ would come. We turn back to Colossians. Amen. Paul, John had a mighty revelation, probably more so. Amen. I don't know if it was more than the others, but he just had an insight when it come to Jesus Christ. He was the beloved. Amen. He was him that was closest to Jesus. And in Colossians chapter 1, Paul writing to the church at Colossians it said in verse 15 who is the image of the invisible God I'm not far enough back praise God amen verse 13 who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, what does it say? It says for by him, who are we reading about right now? 
Jesus Christ. It says, for by him were all things created. They were, Jesus Christ created all things. How did he do it? No, it wasn't because he was the second in the Godhead. It was because he was God in the, in the creation. He's the son in redemption and the Holy Ghost in regeneration. It says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Listen, to, look at that, invisible. Who do you think that's talking about? Someone talking about one, and that's God. Amen. The invisible God, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things. Oh, that's exciting to me. I know that God, he had a plan in his mind. And I'm like you, brother, I don't believe in that Logos junk. It's Trinitarian Baptist formula. I believe that Jesus Christ was God Almighty. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ was not created. He was in the mind of God. He was the thought and he was the word. He was in the beginning with God and we beheld his glory. It said he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. You know what people say to me? They say to me, why... Does the Bible talk in riddles then? Why does it talk uh, about the Father and the Son? Uh, it confuses me. Uh, the reason why uh, is because God uh, was not going to make this to where just any old Joe Blow uh, could take uh, and adulterate the Word of God. Uh, you're going to get it uh, because He, uh, whom the Son has set free, uh, He is free. Uh, and when God reveals Himself to you, you're going to know who He is. when you get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. There's no doubt who he is. There's no doubt that he is the mighty God. There's no questions anymore. Oh, there might be some scriptures that you need to go and study and figure out, but you don't have to doubt that he might not have been God. Are you sure about that? But all of a sudden it becomes clear in your mind. It's like a great big light just turns on. I can still remember my mom's testimony. And I've heard her tell it ever since I was a kid. She was explaining she believed in three gods. She would argue against my dad. She believed in two, dad said. My dad would be teaching a Bible study and she'd hop on the other side. And, and not intentionally, but all of a sudden she'd be helping them. And she said one day she was on the phone 
explaining the oneness of God. And you know what? When you start studying this and start searching after God, God's going to reveal himself to you. And all of a sudden, she said, it's Jesus. And she started hollering on the phone. Amen. She said, a light turned on. And she saw who Jesus Christ really was. Amen. And that's the way you need to be. You don't need to hear it from me. You don't need to hear it from someone else. You need to get the revelation for you so that you know who Jesus Christ is. Things are passed down in families by stories and by mouth. And all these things are good, but they lose their authenticity sometimes because the true meaning of what happened is lost. And all they become is a story. And that's the way that the church world has become. Because the church... The one true church indeed started in the book of Acts. But there were certain men that crept in unawares. Amen. Who wanted to pervert this gospel. Who did not believe this gospel like the one true apostolic fathers believed it. And they changed. They changed the gospel of the one true Jesus Christ and made it into image like unto corruptible man and to beast and the four-footed things. That's what they they said. This is how it can be. We can go ahead and worship any way we want to worship and they changed the baptismal formula to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because they didn't want to be associated with them weird Pentecostal apostolics. Irenaeus, he was one of them that crept in unawares. He believed in tongue talking. He believed in the, he, he believed in Jesus Christ, but there was something on the inside of him that never got really changed. And he brought into the church the doctrine of the Trinity, brought into the church the doctrine that there could be more than one God. So it's exactly what Paul was writing about. That it was already trying to creep into the church. But you know what? God preserved his church. He said, I'm going to make this to where not just the fool and the wayfaring man is not going to fall into it. You're not just going to go and accept the Lord as your personal Savior. But you're going to do it the Bible way. Because neither is there salvation in any other. I don't care who says it. Peter was saying it to make a point. He said, I don't care what the Pharisees say. And I don't care what the Sadducees say. Paul said, I don't care what the Stoics and the Epicureans say in Greece. He said, I know who Jesus Christ is. They had all their altars to the unknown gods and to this God. 
God and to that God. But he said, this altar right here, whom you said is the unknown God, he said, I'm going to preach to you about this unknown God. And that unknown God was Jesus Christ and him crucified. That unknown God was the God that created the world and all that is in it and came down and robed himself in flesh and became Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, this world is worshiping God. They're worshiping this God, the God of sports, the God of man and beauty. They're worshiping the gods of cars and jobs and careers. And they're worshiping the God of this. And they're making a little bitty altar in their life to the unknown God. Say, we got to make sure that we're covering all of our bases because we're worshiping here and we're worshiping there. And we better call ourselves a Christian too so that we're not missing out on anything. But that's who I'm preaching to you about tonight. Is that God that you don't really know? Oh, that God that is a far off, distant Sunday school story to some. But He's more than just a babe in a manger. He's more than just a God on a cross. He is Jesus Christ. Oh, He is Jesus Christ. Oh, this world, they worship their gods. I said they worship their gods. It's none other than, than idol worship. Hey Amen. The way that they worship all the figures of this world, Hollywood and, and the sports figures, that's all it is, is an idol worship. And yet they don't know the unknown God in their life. They don't know him. They don't know him. They don't know that unknown God. They don't know who Jesus really is. They don't know how that Jesus came to this world. Not to condemn the world. Because the world is already condemned. But that the world through him might be saved. Paul preached to him. Oh, I know I'm taking a while tonight. But I've had a burden on my heart all week. I haven't been able to get away from it all the way through youth convention. There's been a weight in my spirit that this world doesn't know who Jesus is. And that he's coming back. And he's coming soon. And this world doesn't find out church are going to be lost. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, Paul speaking to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, and dwelleth not in temples 
made with hands. He doesn't dwell in this building. This is not the place of his habitation. Oh, it's a, it's a sanctuary that we can come and worship. But he dwells in people. He dwells on the inside, down in the spirit and in the soul. Because when Jesus Christ uh, gets a hold of you, uh, he takes complete control of your life. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. And notice this verse of scripture. This is powerful. And hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. God already knew who you were a long time ago. Amen. He appointed you a long time ago to be sitting right here in this church service. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him. You know what? If you seek after the Lord, you're going to find him. If you seek him with your whole heart, you're going to find him. You're going to find the Lord. Though he be not far from every one of us. And notice this. For in Him, in Him, Jesus Christ, we live. My life isn't in this world, but I live in Him. We live and move and have our beings. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also His offspring. These poets that Paul was talking about, they knew from old who Jesus Christ was, but yet they left him. The Stoics and the Epicureans, they were the ones that were the teachers of the day. And that's the way this world is, young people. There are those who are placed in front of us in institutions of learning and they knew at one time who Jesus Christ was. This country was founded upon uh, Jesus' name, one God. Uh, those Quakers in the way back when, they believed uh, in the Holy Ghost. Uh, they shook as the Holy Ghost would come on them. Uh, oh yeah, why did they come to America? It was so that they could worship freely. Just as Paul was hitting it on the head right here, it fits our generation to a T. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead, 
we're back to the Godhead, is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art or man's device. What was he preaching about? He was preaching about graven images and idol worship. He said the Godhead is not things that you can see and touch. Oh, God is not a physical being, young person. But you've got to experience him on the inside. That's what happened to these people. They tried to experience God with their physical and natural thinking and feelings and touch. But they were missing the picture because God was not in an idol. God was not in a stone. God was not in a piece of wood. And the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. You know what? It's time that we find out who Jesus Christ is for ourselves. Oh, it's time that we allow our spirits and our lives to be changed, young people. Oh, this world tries to conform us to them. But Paul wrote and said, be not conformed to this world. Because if you're conformed to this world, this world will harden you. It will make you unfeeling and untouchable. But God wants to touch you. God wants to reach down and change you completely. God wants to reach down and give you a brand new heart. Oh yes, it's happened to many in here. It's an operation that's made without hands. It's an operation that you can't see happen. Oh, but you can feel it because all of a sudden on the inside there is a well of water springing up. Jesus said on the great day of the feast, he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink for out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water oh has it happened to anyone in here in this house has anyone in this house have they been changed by knowing who Jesus Christ really is oh young person are you struggling with your walk with God could it be because you don't know who Jesus is could it be that you've heard about him all your formable life yet you don't know who Jesus is you felt him touch you you maybe have received the Holy Ghost but you still don't have that revelation and if you don't get that revelation of who Jesus is, that rock that you can hold on to, that you can stand on, why is it necessary? Because he 
is that rock. He is that foundation. He is that well of water. He is those things that you desire in your life. If we could all stand. It's in him. It's in Jesus Christ. 2 and 9 of Colossians says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It's in Jesus Christ, young people. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. For neither is there salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other. You're not going to find salvation in anything else but Jesus Christ. He has become the head of the corner. I feel like reading one more verse of Scripture. Revelations chapter 20. John wrote and said, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God you're going to stand before God one day young person if you don't go in the rapture you'll stand before that great white throne judgment and the God who one day was your savior Jesus Christ will become your judge. And we'll open the books and begin to read. And the book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Young person, I'm not here to try to scare you. I'm not here to try to make you feel bad. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ can be your Savior today. Because there's no other salvation in any other name besides Jesus Christ.
Because one day, if you're not found in heaven, you'll stand before your judge. And that's where your knee will bow. And that's where your tongue will confess that Jesus is, is Lord. Jesus, I want you in my heart tonight, God. God, I want a real life experience with you. God, I want a revelation of who you are so I don't have to doubt in my mind, is it really real? Oh, young person, do you need that revelation tonight? Do you need salvation tonight? Do you need to receive the Holy Ghost? You can have the Holy Ghost tonight, young person, if you come down to this altar and repent of all your sins. Oh, this altar is open. Oh, do you need the Lord in your life? Oh, do you need Him as your Savior? Oh, here I am, Jesus. Here I am. Oh, I love you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God. Come down to the salt. Right.